this is Marnie with Maxim and Marnie, a podcast that I get to do with people from my church that I attend, Our Savior's Lutheran Church in Naperville, Illinois. Um, And I've loved interviewing people and hearing their stories. Maxim is a synonym for truth. So it's all about talking about people's truth and their stories in their vulnerable and open state. And I've been so blessed that people have been so willing to share that. So I hope that in listening to their stories, it inspires you to share yours um, and then uh, continuing to grow together as a community. So today I have my co-mentor from Ignition, Ryan Baumgartner. Hey, Ryan. Good to see you guys. I just said before we started that this one is harder for me to do because I know stuff about you. <laughs> so yeah, I feel I'm... like we've gotten pretty close over the last, what are we at now? I was trying to think about that on the way here. Five years mentoring together? I'm or... really, really, really bad at time. I Well, we and we try to do this all the time, and I really have no idea either. I don't even remember what our first graduating class was together. I would way, say six-ish. It's flown by. So we get to lead a small group in Ignition. Which is the high school youth group. Which for is the high school group. youth group. So we have freshmen through seniors, and we get assigned freshmen, and then they stay with us till their senior year. Yep. Um, and so th- even though we have the same, a continuing group for four years, uh, the dynamic of that group Always is changes. so different yeah. every year yeah. with losing even, some. Even throughout the year, I feel like. Like we've talked about this, especially recently, we have such an amazing group of kids and without making anybody mad, probably the most open and dynamic and everybody, you know, has an opinion and they feel safe and comfortable to share their opinion um, that I think this this group has really changed how we mentor because we get to do a little bit more sitting back and just guiding and then letting them go. And I think they get so much more from hearing each other's story and their their struggles and their triumphs and all that good stuff that I think this year has kind of been our, we're here, you know, we love it and we get to just enjoy this and live this with them, which I think has been super cool. Right. I feel like both you and I leave a small group and the if we didn't talk a lot, we're thrilled. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not always been like that. Nope. So, yeah, no. I agree 100%. I think. Like, yeah. I don't need to hear myself talk. I have friends. I can talk to my friends. Yeah. I want to hear you guys talk. Yeah. Yeah, which is super great. Um, yeah, and their commitment to us is really, really special because we even had, we had our first dating couple. Yep. And they broke up, and we, Ryan, they were texting us, and Ryan and I were like, hey, this could be an elephant in the room. This could be uncomfortable. And they both were like, I'm not leaving the small group. Yeah. And we were both like, okay we'll swim in uncharted waters here we'll figure it out and and they have no issues i feel like they have that we know about right yeah i think it's been yes right i think it's been great and i think i think that's one of the coolest things you know especially with some of the the males you know i think historically you and i have had predominantly females in our group which i think is great because you have all girls at home i've got two older girls at home um and I think it's been really cool for us to do that. But the dynamic of our guys in our group this year has just been, it's been a game changer. And I think um, we've seen, especially some of the younger guys, really come out of their shell a little bit, which has been fun for us. So, Yeah. Really you know, like it was that. super funny. Um, if anyone was at the youth auction, we lost our chef. And so we had all these people Wait, rallying. The chef got sick. Like, Yeah. 
the chef is alive. We didn't lose her <laughs> in the forest. <laughs> yeah, she's not lost Somewhere. or it didn't yeah. die. Okay. We didn't get the chef. So there was all these people rallying. And it's so funny being a mentor of the high schoolers because I will know kids and I will know them really, really well. And I will have no idea who their parents are. Right. And I was working with Warren, Alex's dad, who yeah. I definitely do know who he is related to Alex. But then he was like, oh, so-and-so just left. And it was Nick Sanders' dad. Yeah. And I go, whoa, 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 That was Nick Sanders' dad. I was like, Nick <laughs> Sanders was our only boy for like three, three years. years in the yeah. beginning. And now he... I don't know if he's still in school, but he was in Michigan. He loves cars. He was like our favorite guy. And he came for three years when maybe there was no other dudes. And he was so great. And I was like, oh, this is so funny. That, that's yeah. his dad. Yeah. I yeah. had no idea. Well, and that's not where I thought you were going to go with the, the youth auction because we were kind of talking about how the, the guides have grown. I was talking with one of the uh, guides in our small group, and he was the one that choreographed the junior guys dance. And it's usually a senior guys dance from what I understand. Um, but I was watching you know, some of the other juniors looking at him for guidance, and I'm just like, you rocked it. Yeah. So if anybody has an opportunity that wasn't here for it, it's all over Facebook. Uh, pictures. I don't know if a video. Colleen Hay posted their video. They, there was a video. Okay, yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, Colleen yeah. posted it. I just yeah. didn't know if it was just pictures or the video, but yeah. it was so hilarious. Yeah. I, so I thought it was probably the, the best youth auction I've ever seen. Like oh, it was yay. it was awesome. I, I agree. sounded talent phenomenal. Like Talented I cannot believe you. Claire and Lauren and Kate. Yes. Well obviously we're super proud yes. of Kate because she's in our small group. Yes. Um but they just sounded beautiful. You know what I said to, and Kayla yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. You know what and I said Matthew. to Lauren and Kate? I said if I learned that song on piano, will you sing it in Slovakia? Yes, please. And they said yes. Yes, they please. Are. So, so like just, those yes, two please. and those two specifically, like we see them and they're they're a little bit more guarded. They're a little bit quieter in small group. Now we've gotten to know them pretty well, but they got up there with confidence and with gorgeous voices. And I walked up to them after right after their song. I was like, Oh my lord! Like you guys are legit. Yeah, they crushed. And Marnie, I will say, your Katie, I thought was just glowing. She was so happy to be uh, singing and sharing. So I thought it was awesome. Yes, it was super fun for going to that for eighteen years, and then uh, wait till your kids in it, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun thing to be a part of it uh, in a different element. Did it make you want to give more money to youth ministries? (laughs) (laughs) I I love to give. I think being generous is super fun. So my husband knows he gets to be made out with if he tips really large at a restaurant (laughs) or if he gives to a really big charity. I got to sit next to I love that. I got to sit next to Rand Moore, who is Marnie's dad. And um, him and I were going uh, battling in a silent auction uh, for uh, one of Ellie's uh, drawings or paintings. And so it was a lot of fun. I I looked at him at one point in the dinner and I'm like, if you want it, you're going to have to pay for it. (laughs) So it was the greatest thing. And he literally, he wouldn't leave the um, lobby after a certain point in time because he knew I kept on going out there. He wouldn't leave because as soon as I walked away, he would just up it. It was a lot of fun. I love it. She is so talented. Yeah. Yeah. She's a maker. I love it. Um, Let's get to you. Yeah. And your talents. So like I said before, this is hard for me to do because I want to be like, so you grew up in Naperville. (laughs) Your family. Yeah. Um, But yeah, tell everybody about kind of your start in your family and and the richness of your history kind of even um, attached to this location. Yeah. So uh, born and raised in Naperville. Um, Mom and dad moved to 
kind of the south side of Naperville, just south of 75th Street, um, pretty early on in my youth. Uh, we went to Bethany Lutheran, which was actually in this location where Celebration is right now, um, was our original building. And we had a, a gymnasium um, on Modaf, just south of 75th Street. So for gym class, we used to jump on an old school church bus and we'd go take gym uh, at that big gym location. And then we came back. Um Right around my sixth grade, between fifth and sixth grade, I think it's when Bethany opened up their full school at that um, location on Modaf. Right about that time I was in sixth grade, that was the last year uh, of my education that I was uh, uh, going to school at Bethany. So from preschool all the way through sixth grade, uh, we were members and I was going to school there. Liza was going to school there. Um, I don't think Hope. Well, Liza's the older two. sister. Liza's Hope the, is the yeah, younger Liza's sister. my middle sister, and Hope is uh, my youngest sister. Hope had to have been there for a little bit, but not for very long. Um, and then we made the shift. We moved uh, to Our Saviors as our church home, and we moved into the public school system. Um, so seventh and eighth grade is when I started. Um, Mom and Dad moved to their current house that they actually just sold. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of... They're not moving far away, we should They're say. not, right. Yeah, they're just going over to... Uh, they're downsizing. Yeah, they're going to a 55 and over community right next to Bolingbrook Golf Course. So. Um, and how did going to private school uh, with faith as a background influence you? What are the things that you still remember that influence your faith from that yeah. experience? So full disclosure, um, growing up for me was... I don't remember most of it. Uh, crazy ADD, um, just never really focused on anything. So I don't think I retained as much. Like if we were to have this conversation with Liza, Liza could tell you what she did on this date in first grade, who her teacher was, who came in. She's really good with that. I couldn't tell you. We had to pull out the baby book to tell you who two of my teachers were in elementary school because I just couldn't remember. Um, but what I do remember is the memorization that we had to do on a daily basis, whether it was Bible verses or Luther's small catechism or uh, memorizing the hymnal songs um, because I was in the choir and so on and so forth. Most of that stuff is so ingrained in my head, singing the all the books of the Bible, like those kind of things I'll always be able to do. Um, but it also put a bad taste in my mouth. So even when we moved to Our Saviors, it was like pulling teeth to get me to go to junior high because... We'd walk in and we'd work on, you know, this part of Luther's small catechism or this part of the Bible. And I'd walk right up and I'd do my memorization because I'd been doing this for eight years. Uh, and then I'd just sit there and probably be a pain because I had nothing better to do. Um, so there were really good things about it. Like, I think I have a strong core belief. Knowledge. Knowledge. Um, but for a while until really I had started having kids... It was just kind of going through the motions. Church just didn't really have a uh, a strong place of uh, energy and excitement in my life. But um, you went to Ignition and Eagle's Wings. I did. I did. And I think that was 99.9% because of my mentors and because of Dave Hammond and Lisa. Um, and then Dawn DeBoer, um, somewhere in there, I think, jumped in, filled in. Um, so they were the mentors and then my friends, I mean, we used to do as many of the trips as I could. Um, I used to go on all of them just to be with the friends. It wasn't necessarily, um, you know, because I liked doing the Bible, 
lessons and those type things. It was more just socialization. Uh, Community. But even that that was hard um, because in high school is when volleyball was my life. Uh, I wanted to do nothing else um, day and night. When did you first start playing volleyball? Uh, I was asked to play on the girls' team in seventh grade because boys' volleyball wasn't a thing. Um, So at Gregory, they asked me and – we're like, no, probably I don't really want to be that guy that, you know, steps over that line. Um, but I started playing club at that time, kind of got my feet wet. Um, and then high school, right before high school is when it really took off for me. Uh, 14, 15 is about that time. But it's kind of been in my blood. So I think without whether he meant to or not, dad kind of made that a priority in my life because he played in college. Um, we've oh, got, I didn't know that. Yeah, he played at Ball State. Um, he played for, in high school, he played for my uncle who, uh, I, we've talked about this, I think, but his son was a setter for the Olympic team for four of the quadrinals. Um, so just kind of grew up with volleyball in the family. I always, I always looked up to Loy. I wanted to be Loy. Well, turns out I'm not six eleven and beautiful hands like he has, but, um, volleyball was my life. Um, so when church and youth group could fit in great. Um, but if I had to choose between one or the other, 100% of the time it's going to be volleyball. But how great that I think that this youth group works that way. Agreed. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Right. I think that's a strength. And because... I think especially now with the, and we talk about this all the time, I think the pressures when we were going through high school are so much different than they are now. And I wasn't worried about school. Maybe I should have been, but I wasn't as worried as, you know, I feel like they are now. So it really wasn't, I have so much homework to do. I'm not going to ignition. It was more volleyball or ignition. Those are my options. And that's when it was still on Thursday nights, I think. Well, and I think part of that maybe was our temperament about grades. I don't think, I think there were some people that were super stressed about it. Now I have a question about that. I think school was hard for me. I think there were kids that I identified as like, those are the smart kids. And so I quickly put myself into like, I'll be the funny one. I'll be um, that letting me out. So that wasn't part of my identity. I didn't feel bad necessarily that I didn't get good grades all the time or that I wasn't succeeding at a high level in school. How do you think you came onto that? Because I think there were people and you're right. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with how the pressure we put on ourselves uh, or mom and dad. My biggest thing from my mom and dad, what they pushed on us was as long as you're trying and you're not being lazy, you're getting what you need to out of it. Um, I think I skated because skated by certain things because I was an athlete, uh, even in college. Um, but I was absolutely that way. We knew who the smart ones were in our group. Um, it just wasn't a priority for me, I guess, especially in high school. College, when I got to pick my classes and be a little bit more selective, I think we got I got a lot more out of it. And I started medicating at that time. So taking taking um, ADD medicine helped. Not until college. Not until college. So the first time you take it, what do you feel like? So the medicine that I was on was actually a stimulant as opposed to a steroid. Um, so I will never forget the two weeks early in my freshman year, the worst headache I've ever had. And I've never had migraines. So people that I talk to that are, that have debilitating migraines, it wasn't that, but it was, it was tough. Um, but I can specifically remember sitting in class going, dang it. Like there was a missed opportunity here in high school to, to 
be better uh, and just be a little bit calmer and a little bit in my own mind to be able to absorb. Exactly. Um, so I remember that that moment of saying, man, I wish I would have done this a little bit. Yeah. Probably would yeah. Been better at volleyball. too. I have that. a dear friend and he uh, went on uh, medicine, I believe, like a Ritalin or a stimulant as an adult. And he will say often, huh, what would high school have been like if I would have had this? Because yeah. and he kind of dropped out of college and just had a different career kind of journey just based on like he couldn't focus at all. And now he feels like, oh, this is what you all were doing. And right. I couldn't. Yeah, it's interesting. So, well, I'm glad you got that. And so what was your degree at a really lovely college called Carthage College I mean, in Kenosha, Wisconsin? I think honest. if there's a top 10 of like most influential, most greatest expectation, greatest people come out of this school, 100%. I believe Carthage College is yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So Carthage College uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin uh, is where I went. Uh, I had a couple of different options uh, volleyball wise. That was kind of my focus. So Carthage gave me an opportunity to play for the men's team and then also help coach with the women's team. Um, long story short, the head women's coach ended up being the best man at my wedding's mom. Um, so he and I are super close. So it, like you said, it changed who I am just for the people that I met. I didn't go away to Ball State or IPFW, uh, you know, and be a number. I was able to go to a small school and, and really get everything I could out of it. Um, my degree was in exercise and sports science, but again, I knew when I graduated, all I wanted to do was coach volleyball. Um, so I focused really hard on my anatomy classes, on my athletic training classes, on my kinesiology classes, uh, all the other ones, my two foreign language semesters, I got by. Um, but again, that was everything I focused on was for that career choice. And I wanted to be an Olympic coach. So you graduated and then what? Uh, and then I was looking for coaching jobs. I actually worked um, at Celebration for uh, almost two years, um, pretty early on in the infancy of this building, um, just kind of running the show here, um, meeting, scheduling meetings, um, maintenance, that kind of thing, uh, until I got my first coaching job in Iowa. And when did you, where were you in Iowa? What, co what place? Uh, it was called Indianola. It's about 15 miles south of uh, Des Moines. Guys or south. girls? Girls. And did you love it? L every bit of it. Uh, and it was, you know, because it was kind of my springboard, uh, Lana Smith, who was the head coach at the time, gave me my first opportunity. And she was also the one that was like, hey, you've got a skill. You've got a gift. Um, you need to go be a head coach somewhere. So then when an opportunity back home at Dominican University opened up. She was like, go. Like, you're so ready then for you this. came and you were at Dominican University and that was still girls? Yep, that was still women's volleyball. Uh, I did that for three years, um, probably three of the best years of my life. Uh, I loved it. I think a lot of it had to do with the girls that, that we had on the roster. Um, the recruiting side of things, I just, I loved that side of it. Uh, so we did that for three years, very successful program. Uh, and then started having a family and seeing the the demands at work with the lack of funds and payment that we were getting it was leaving a lot on the weekends and not seeing the kids and just there, there were opportunities missed uh and i think the defining moment for me when i was like okay let's see what other options there are here was there was a saturday after my season 
uh, baseball season had started and I was walking out the door on a Saturday morning, super early. And Riley, my oldest, uh, says, daddy, it's Saturday. Do you have to go to work again? And I remember driving that entire way to, uh, Oak park being like, ugh, right. So hard. Weather was nice. Um, and then I got blessed that my brother-in-law had an opportunity for me in the construction industry and haven't looked back. I mean, I look back all the time, but you I'm do. still in the construction industry. Yeah, yeah. But you loved that. That filled your cup, but just didn't work as a dad. Oh, absolutely. And I would go back tomorrow if I if there was a work-life balance or an opportunity to do it. You know, the other problem that we have is, and I know we're going to get into it, but family's here for me. And it's super, family is really important for Kaylin and I. Um, so I was never really in an opportunity to go outside this area for a division one coaching job. I mean, like I said, my best friend, Matt, head coach at Oregon University or University of Oregon. I would love to be able to go and coach with Matt. We're not moving to Oregon. It's just not happening. Every time I ask, Kaylin laughs. Um, yep. And her family's not even here. It's my family that's here. Um, but we just we're so ingrained here it'd be very hard talk about that talk about um i look at your parents sitting in the second row on the left side of me at celebration and they have two kids um that are adults who have their families and their kids here so their grandkids and the other sister comes and visits frequently yep um so the the family dynamic um mom and dad like you said, sit in the second row, uh, both very active here at the church. Uh, Dad's been on council, done his thing. Um, Kaylin and I, so Kaylin is my wife, um, high school sweethearts. We actually met in seventh grade. Uh, I think I told her I liked her in seventh grade. And then sophomore year of high school is when we officially started dating. Um, we haven't looked back since then. Uh, we've been together all the way through college, never broke up, different colleges. Um, we have three beautiful children. Riley's our oldest. She's about to turn 10. Cameron's our middle. She is about to turn seven. And then Parker, uh, our son, is the youngest, and he's about to turn four. My daughters would like to steal Parker and bring him into our house. Yeah. <laughs> right. For a couple hours and then bring him back. Yeah. Um, and then Liza is my middle sister. Um, and she's married to David, who uh, we talked about, I worked with uh, in the construction industry. And they've got two little girls, Tegan and Piper. Um, they live in the downtown Naperville area. Uh, so they are 35 minutes from Kaylin and I, mom and dad are 20 minutes from Kaylin and I, uh, hope and Jake, her husband live out in Iowa, uh, and they have Noah and Eli. Um, they are both in the medical field out there. Jake just finished his PA degree. Uh, so he is a PA, uh, in Iowa and hope, uh, is a, I'm, she's gonna get mad at me, either a nurse practitioner she keeps going to school and getting more mm -hmm. more titles. She's, so. a, she's, she's a doctor, yeah. basically. She's a doctor, and and she or he's a doctor, and she thinks he knows more, she knows more than him. So it's perfect. Uh, and <laughs> Hope does come back uh, as often as she can. Uh, also a family body, homebody. Um, and then, how would you describe your relationship with your two sisters? Um, we are super close. Uh, growing up. I think mom tells us or tells me that when we were really little, Liza and I used to pick on Hope. Uh, Hope has a six-year gap between she and I. Um, but now we are all super close. It's, um, you know, group chats all the time. But it, if something happens with Hope at work or I'm probably one of the first ones that she'll call and just vent. Um, 
So it's incredible. I love yeah, it. I love, I love everything about it. And how often do you talk to your dad? I talk to my dad every day. And it's very weird if we don't. Um, I think it happened when I was back at corporate like a day. Uh, and I called him. I was like, hey, I don't really have time. But I didn't talk to you yesterday. So everything good? He's like, yep, everything's good. How's things with you? Great. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, dad and I's relationship, I think, has always been really good. I think it a lot of it has to do with the whole volleyball thing. And um, if you ask anybody in the family, we're pretty much the same person. So I think that's why we get along so well. Um, but yeah, I really How would hope you that describe I have that relationship him? with the boy, with Parker. Yeah, yes, me too. How would you describe your dad? I think Jay is super genuine. I think he's um, passionate about what he's passionate about. Um, certain people think he's intimidating because he has an opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never really been able to get out of anybody what's intimidating about dad because obviously I don't see it. Um, but he has the biggest heart uh, and cares so much about, about everything. So um, again, I hope that when I'm however old he is, I'm the same way. I hope I have that relationship with my daughters and my son. Uh, I hope Kaylin and I are as strong as mom and dad are uh, in our marriage and in our faith. Um, yeah, I, if I could write a script, it would be move into a big house like Jay and Terry <laughs> as soon as the kids are out, downsize into a nice house and, yeah. on a golf course. Um, yeah, I would do it. I would do it all. I one time posted on his birthday for Facebook that he was one of the richest guys I knew. And he was like, whoa, 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 I'm not. And I was like, no, 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 I don't mean money. I don't mean money. I mean, you're one of the richest yeah. people I know just in relationship with your family and the way that you love your wife and your kids and mm. your grandkids and the way that you get to do life with them. I just think there's a lot of wealth of love there. So 100%. I think that's beautiful 100%. to watch and observe from the outside. Yeah, we're blessed for sure. Um, and just how one, one more quick thing. Do it. The other, the other part of the dynamic to the family uh, is Neil and Janet. So grandma, mm -hmm. my grandma and grandpa the on my mom's row. side, um, they sit in the row right behind us. Um, so they're in Hilton Head now, um, but that's, that's how it all kind of flows. Um, Aunt Kelly, who is my mom's sister, is the director of the preschool here at Celebration. Um, and she's either at the North Campus or Our Savior's Campus, yeah. or uh, she'll come to Celebration if it works, um, you know, if she can get up early enough. Do you, do you want to so. talk about how Neil maybe raised your mom and Kelly to understand where they need to be on a Sunday morning, which is, I think, also why uh, your family, you, you as grandkids also are constantly found in that second row and not elsewhere on, on Sunday? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily remember Grandpa when I was younger being as strong in faith as he is now. Uh, and maybe he was, um, but family has always been his number one. Um, Grandpa worked incredibly hard from a very young age when uh, Mom and Aunt Kelly and Uncle Mark were all young. Um, I'm sure they would say that they wished that they spent more time with him, um, but he knew where he was supposed to be on Sunday mornings, um, and he knows he knows how great that has made our family, um, that relationship, his relationship with Christ, uh, our relationship with Christ, and, and just kind of how that's molded uh, our family. And I think that had a lot to do with us going to Bethany um, through parochial school to try to get that foundation. But I think more than anything, just being able to watch 
the passion that they have for our Lord, I think is super oh, Give me an example of how that plays out. Do they pray when you have um, meals at their house? Um, is there a lots of dialogue about faith? He reads the Bible all the time. Like he, he, um, if, when I am chatting with him, he'll ask me what, like what parts of the Bible I'm reading or why are we not encouraging people just to be sitting down and challenging yourself to, to read through the Bible. So he, he, I agree with you, Ryan. Like he starts with, with Christ. The one word that I'll use is, um, he'll ask like, what's your moral compass? Mm. And he starts with God. It, like all decisions in your family and in, in the way you conduct yourself, um, it's got to start with God. And, and, and so if it's about you, uh, you'll get lost very quickly. And, and he, I, I think he's got a lot of wisdom there in that. Uh, one of my favorite stories about uh, Sherry or Kelly, one of the two, I think both of them have told me this, is like in college, he would call him on like a Sunday afternoon and he would say, so how is church today? And he knew that they have the same scriptures at every church. And he would know very quickly if you played hooky or not. And he goes, you need to get yourself to church. <laughs> like, yeah. So my, my thing is I don't work well off of guilt or intimidation, but like he's, he's working off of love. Like he, he knows that that's how you should start your week. And, and he's embedded that into you, you see like their family and that second row. Why they, they enjoy, they enjoy worshiping and serving in that way. But that's, that's what they've been told for a long time. Yeah. I mean, grandpa's super cerebral in everything that he does. Give me a synonym to that. Um, Thoughtful, uh, mm -hmm. thought-provoking. Um, so mm -hmm. after dad, any life decision, grandpa's the next call. So even if Kayla and I haven't necessarily had a conversation about specifics, it's that's usually the dynamic. Talk to dad and then call grandpa. And I'm going to get two outlooks that are going to be slightly different. I end up It ends up being the same solution, um, but I can't tell you. I It has to be every time. God has a plan that is bigger than us. He will show you the direction. Do what you feel is right, and you will be guided to the correct answer. Talk to God. Uh, and he lives that. It's not mm -hmm. just, I know this is what I'm supposed to say to my grandson to, to keep him going to church. It's he believes it, uh, and he lives it day in and day out. If I'm ever discerning something as a, as a pastor, uh, beyond like the people I need to be discussing it with, I, I normally, if it's a big decision, I'll go to Neil for wisdom. He's my wisdom guy, and he knows it too. Like, yeah, but and he, he thrives off it, and he loves that he can be that for it's you. It's great. Like yeah. that, that's my thing is like everybody has a calling. Like not everybody is uh, called like to be a teacher. Um, Neil Neil's gift is wisdom. He it's being able to think around the corner and pray about it and discern the the pros and the cons and um, making sure you're not making a decision that uh, blows up my ego, but like really does uh, benefit the church. I yeah, he's and, and so. It, it's awesome, like, um, how he shares that with his church family, not just with the family. Um, what would you say that you want to model in your marriage um, that you've seen in your parents, that they've done well in partnership? I don't remember, and Kayla and I are working on this daily, but I don't remember ever hearing mom and dad fight. I, I remember hearing them argue or disagree about something, but I don't ever remember a voice being raised or and whether that was just not in front of the kids or it just didn't happen. Um, 
I al- I always saw the love and I always saw the passion um, for each other. I think one of the things that Kaylin and I made a priority when we started having kids um, was taking a vacation without the kids. And I think that has been instrumental in our uh, love for each other and our growth in our relationship. Um, the other thing is faith. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to ask Kaylin this question uh, in public, but, you know, prior to marriage, even a little bit after marriage, but prior to coming back to Naperville from Iowa, what was your relationship with Christ? And I think she would say she was a believer, um, but she grew up in the Catholic church, not necessarily practicing all, you know, every week that wasn't a priority. Um, and I think that was, it was a little, if I can make it great. Um, but I don't need to be sitting in a, sitting in a pew to show my love for the Lord. Um, where now, even if I'm gone, she makes it a priority to make sure that she and the kids are here uh, on a Sunday morning. And to me, that is, that's awesome. And I think, love that. Do you and think that, that was your small group that helped a little bit more with that? I think well? a lot of that. I yeah. think a lot of that has to do with it. And and even her relationship with, with mom and Liza, I think, True. Um, okay. you know, the, our, our kids get along really, really well with Liza's girls. Um, and... You know, mom and Kaylin can talk about anything. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. But absolutely. I mean, our small group has. When did you um, join this small group and talk about that a little? Uh, Our small group, we joined them about two years ago. Actually, I think it's going to be it was just two years ago at the youth auction is when we really started hanging out with them uh, and getting involved. Allison Um, Tupac, her group, when she came on and talked a few weeks ago. Oh, on talk about God. Yeah. Oh, it. Oh, that was on talk about yeah, God. That yeah, wasn't yeah, here. Yeah, My yeah, fault. That's Sorry. Okay, that's Shameless okay. plug. I listened to it too. <laughs> yeah, that was on here. Yeah. So I was is... like, we didn't have our own. <laughs> He's looking at me, and I'm like, no. You, well, you had her on like six months ago, right? We've had her on, I think, almost a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. And that's Sorry about that. when she should have been on talk about God. I think too. Yeah. Yep. Um, but whatever. Whatever. Um, it is. Uh, I think there are seven couples. Um, with like 700 kids. Um, <laughs> but it, it is a combination of super close friends from church. Uh, all of most of us guys work out together with our F3 group. Um, so we spend probably more time with each other than any group of people that I've ever been around. Um, uh, we're watching our kids grow up together. We're watching the relationships and the dynamics of, you know, the, the ages and, uh, of the kids, it's just it's one of the coolest things. We look forward to getting together pretty much weekly, uh, whether that's Sunday morning after church or at church or on a Saturday night, Friday night, whatever that looks like. Um, but absolutely, that has that has shaped our love for going to church every Sunday. It's not just hearing the word and and worshiping and singing and dancing, um, but that time in community and our community is incredible that same yeah. community is who we just went on vacation with so Damn. yep they all went on a cruise um, did you get the coronavirus on the cruise we didn't we Good. didn't fantastic but maybe you brought it home to um us. what has been a question or something that that group has been mulling about that we could discuss Ooh, that's a good one um i don't necessarily know that there's a question that we've kind of been you know, trying to really dig into. I think the biggest thing that we do pretty intentionally is see the things that we like about couple 
A and how they're raising their kids and we want to mold that in into our family dynamic or um, you know, with the number of kids that we have and all the different personalities, we're seeing similar traits. Like perfect example, the Perry family, they've got opposite genders of the same ages of my kids. So their Two oldest boy is our oldest girl. And it's so funny to us to see how similar they are. We've got high anxiety at the top. We've got we're going to do what we're going to do in the middle. And then we've got the lovers at the bottom. Um, and being able to see my Cameron going through some of the issues that she's going with, going through and, you know, getting a call. Oh my gosh, Kieran just had the same thing. Uh, yeah. and just talking through how, how we're going through that. Parenting I think super... intentionally focused. Yeah. Yes. I was a part of mops when we started it here and being with people, with the same age babies. And we used to joke when that kind of dispelled for our group uh, that we should return and have moths, uh, applesauce, mothers of teens. Um, so I think, yeah, you guys creating a small group where you will grow together in different stages of life is mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is It is a huge blessing. Yeah. Even to the point where we look forward to planning the next trip. I mean, we're talking about it right now over the summer, what we can do with the whole family and not leave the kids at home this time. Um, we just, we truly genuinely enjoy being with each other, which yeah. I think is super important. Dell's is real easy because you can get those big houses and split that. Just saying we've done that. It's real easy because you don't have to do a full week um, for families. Uh, I also think a camp would be fun, like a YMCA camp. But a lot of it, it's like a week. So I think that's hard when you want to go with like a group and just do like a long right. weekend. Right. But I love that. I encourage this. I support this. Well, and it's also for us. I mean, they started talking about it, even at the youth <laughs> auction, trying to figure out we've got quite a few teachers in our small group um, and a couple of stay at home moms or that, you know, they've got uh, hobbies and photography for Kaylin as a job. Um, but they're a little bit more open in the summer. So. We're getting pool passes this summer. Are we going to do Six Flags? Are we going to do the zoo? Are we going to do the – and just being able to, you know, <clears> keep <throat> it going in the summer. So when some of us are working, they still have Lutheran Lutheran Outdoor Ministries, so LOMC, um, does do a family week. And actually, you guys would be, like, perfect for it. If you could ever etch that out, would probably love that. Yeah. Because it's then a retreat for – like, there's counselors. There are times where it's you guys, times where you're intentionally with your families – um yeah but a full week see and i and, feel like that might work already, better if it, it was like thursday to sunday right yeah and, but it's probably already booked up because like people return well these things are really popular right. for like yeah. small groups like yours but even we've even talked kayla and i have even talked about sending riley and some of her friends uh i did uh wall camp yeah um, which is another uh lutheran based camp um, and I would love to see her go do that and experience some of the, the summer passion that I remember. But awesome. she's so busy with softball now and just doing life. It's we'll see. We'll see how that. Um, I just before we lose our time with you, because you've been so gracious to um, carve this out for us. Uh, you serve in Ignition. Um, and where else do you serve uh, in the church that you love being a part of? Um, just recently in the last couple months, uh, I've started singing at celebration a little bit more. Love oh, yeah. it. What, what was your first time singing? Do you remember? Cause I do. I think it was the guys, the men sing, the, men the, guy, sing. the guys sing, yeah, whatever the, we called it. Yeah. I don't remember what we called it. 
Backstreet Boys for life. I yeah. love that. Do you um, love doing that? I do. I do. And it's it's taken me out of my comfort zone. Like, I've always enjoyed singing. Singing is a passion of mine. I am really, really talented in my car. Like, probably yeah. the best. <laughs> right. Um, but you yeah. get me up in front of my peers and in front of the congregation, and I turn into this introvert. And, you know, um, but I've I found myself with more confidence now Good. as we're starting to do it. Um, yeah, no, I love, I love every bit of it. Um, Good. but it all started again with mom and Liza have been up there singing forever. Um, uh, so it's, it's cool to, it's cool to be a part of that. Um, but still to this day, if somebody were to ask, um, my passion for church outside of Sunday mornings, it's 100% ignition, uh, and spending that time with our youth. Yeah. We're lucky to have you. Um, but also we actually just had Anne Pradle on. Uh, who who is a big part of PADS, and you do a very specific job there. I do. Um, so PADS, for those of you, well, I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you probably listen to hers, um, but PADS is where we turn our celebration campus into a homeless shelter uh, on Friday evenings in the summer. Um, I don't even know. It, I think it was the first year that we did it because I was still working here. Um, I got involved with the shower portion of it, and we are one of the few sites that has showers available for our guests. Um, we've got two in the gymnasium, uh, one men, one men's, one women's, and it is a race to the door uh, for them to get their name on the list. Because for some of them, this might be their only shower for a few days. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's just it's something that they don't necessarily get everywhere, so they they truly think it's a it's a gift. Uh, in a blessing. Just think about like the privacy for a moment. Like they, that is their, pri- like because uh, you, uh, Ryan stands outside. It's yep. a, like a it's protective. Timed. It's a yeah. Yep. Keep yeah. Keep the keep the list moving. But it is you yourself, or sometimes it's mothers or fathers with children. Uh, you get this time, like like Pastor Brian said, where you get to go be alone and you get to go cleanse yourself and you get to just feel. Like everything is being washed away at that moment in time because, you know, as soon as you get out of there, you're going back, you're, you're laying on a cot or, um, you know, you're going back out to your car to, to sleep in your car. So um, Kaylin and I have been doing this for a long time. Kaylin always helps with the socks and undies uh, portion of it. Um, but we have said since the first time we did it together, I think we get more out of it than our guests do. And I know they're very appreciative of what they have, but. When we walk out of there and Kaylin gets to hold, you know, these young children who just don't, for whatever reason, just don't have a home. It's it's heartbreaking. And it it truly makes you thankful for what we have uh, and how hard we work for what we have. And, and I think it's beautiful. Ryan, Ryan also brought your volleyball team when you were coaching, right? And now they still continue to come every, I, I don't know if they came this last year, but normally they come, which is pretty awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah, and even, and even with that, I mean, the girls walk out of there changed Uh, it's 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 hard for us as as people who grew up with a lot in in comparison to think about those that are less fortunate and when it's in front of you and it's tangible and you can you're literally serving food or handing a towel it is it is super powerful uh and i was glad that our that our girls were willing and and excited to do something like that yeah, I love that. I love your heart to serve. I think we're lucky to have you at our church. Um, do you have a question for Ryan? Well, not a question. Is I 
what I love about our relationship is it's kind of reflective of his, his whole family is when, when something comes up, Ryan will text me and say, do you have a few minutes to talk? And that will, that, that's my key. Like he either needs prayer for something and you're not afraid to ask for it. Or he'll say, you know, I have this family that's going through this. He's always trying to connect the dots. So like there was one time a family that was kind of being turned away from a church for a baptism. Like they were just getting the runaround. And Ryan's like, would you, would you be willing to do this baptism? And he's like, I, I've been saying there's no way my pastor would say no to this. And it calls me. And I think that's so awesome when like, you know, um, where to turn if you have a theological question or need prayer or just w- want to draw somebody in. Not every, how old are you? 37, 36, uh, 35? Well, I'm 36. Easy. I'm 36. Why? I thought I'm you way were, younger than no, you. Almost I, I actually, to the day so a year I'll, younger I'll, than you. I'll give you a compliment. I, <clears throat> I compared you to being a brother to me and you remind me so much of Mandy's brother, Matt, who's a year older than me. So that's why I would have just done that. But, um, but yeah, like h- how many 35 year olds call their pastor, like in a meeting, like, hold on, I'll just wait, let me find out and calls me. Um, it- it's awesome to have that. And so, uh, to see that group growing, to see people trust me like you do, like Ryan and Kaylin will say, you know, that one of the girls brought this up. Now other people from their small group are like, how do I talk about you know, uh, that their hamster died and, and they're bringing that do you wanna, to church. Do you want to share the question awesome. that Riley asked you? I forget which one she asked me now. Okay, daddy. She, this is how she started. Daddy, I understand that the bread in communion is the body of Christ mm-hmm. and the wine is the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. What is the apple juice? <laughs> and I was like, this is a perfect question yeah. for Pastor Brian. Yeah, Let's yeah. give him a call. <laughs> so, and, and I remember my answer now. So it, this is a true Lutheran answer is we're taught that it needs to be stable food and festive drink. So what we're believing is that Christ calls us together for this meal and that it's more than the meal, that it, th- those that it's becoming something, but it's both and. And so what what we teach is technically it could be it could be a hot dog bun and in Kool-Aid if that's all you have, if you're in community and you want to celebrate uh, communion because that's a stable food and festive drink. So what what it is is it's a festive drink, wine or or apple juice tacos and tito's it would probably inappropriate but um if you're in a moment where you need to share the that meal of communion so when we had brewing questions um at the very end they would bring us a basket of bread and, and a cup of wine we would order it and that's what the original community did they weren't stuck up on it needs to be a wafer and it needs to be that stuff right they they were together and they were asking questions like your small group is doing they were relying on one another supporting one another figuring out what the needs were and praying for one another and then they broke bread together and that's what was most important is before they went out into their week in their world which was a really dangerous place um they at least had this one meal that reminded them that they were loved by God. And, and so that's what, so the, the Kool-Aid or the Kool-Aid, the, the apple juice is, is that it's not just that symbol. It becomes, uh, that gift that we can taste and, and take with us. And that's, yeah. Um, Adam, who's in your, uh, small group, who's, um, a part of my other podcast really spends a lot of time with like, um, understanding the depth of communion it's it's not just some simple thing like it's it's a big thing to to 
receive this meal and it's so awesome that all people can receive it uh but don't cheapen it like it's a really cool awesome thing yeah and And those kids are getting it and i think that's one of the coolest things about adam in particular is he's like that with most things when he gets passionate about something i mean he is all in and i think it's really cool to have him in our small group because we can ask some of those questions that yeah Either we don't know and he's going to figure it out or he's already asked this question to you. And But he doesn't want some just cheesy, churchy answer. Right. It, 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 like, so it's not a small group that's just talking about, like, well, what's your favorite Bible verse? Right. But really, like, in-depth talking yeah. about real-life issues that your families are going through. It, to me, that's a faith that's alive and it should be challenging. So, yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Props to you guys. I think it's cool. But I do love the questions that your kids are bringing. By the way, Marnie, I think you caught wind of this afterwards. Uh, the kids, a bunch of them come in my office on Sunday and like they're talking into the microphones, but it's not plugged in. I almost did an impromptu thing and I said, well, we'll do it next week. And and now the kids are like pumped. Yeah, I don't think you know what you started. I think I, I, I have enough microphones that it will be chaotic, but I think it will be worthwhile to be like, so what are your questions? They're writing out their questions. I love me. it so mm-hmm. much. And I think it would be really, I don't know what we'll call this, but like, it'll be worthwhile. Like what if every once in a while we just recorded with kids and asked them what they want to talk about and what From they're the thinking babes, about. It is. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah. We might have to do some editing there. On that yeah. One. It's okay. It's been done. She's going to have Parker screaming in the microphone. hundred percent. He and Ashton will be wrestling on the big couch over here. Yeah, but yeah, but I like that they're engaged and that's being modeled for them. It's kind of like and Ryan. so that's being from you. That's not an accident that they are yeah. feeling the comfort level to do that with their pastor because right. they're seeing their parents do it. But it, yeah, it's like Ryan calling me to ask me a question or to pray with them. How many little like the little these kids just storm into my office? Uh, how many of your friends can say that like their kids just feel comfortable going into the pastor's office right. without um, them being around? It's pretty hilarious. It's yeah. chaotic. Well, but. and I think that speaks volumes to our church community and to you as a as a pastor, especially of this community. That's you know. Uh, a little bit more contemporary and a little bit more lax. I have a train um, table in my office. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's yeah. probably why they were in here. But for trains, the trains, the trains. Yeah. Well, we're lucky to have you, yeah. friend. Thanks, Marnie. Thanks for being a part of our community, and I'm super honored to do mentoring with you. Um, and I appreciate your time coming in. Well, thanks. And I am not going to get off the podcast without telling you how awesome that this podcast has been because I've been here for a long time and I know a lot of the people that you've had on some I don't know quite as well but I learned something about every single person that I think is just so cool and the passion that you have through this microphone is it's it's electric and it's contagious and I could honest I could honestly be having a pretty crappy day driving to a business meeting or from a business meeting and put it on and been like all right, here it is. This is stable. This is, you know, I'm going to learn something here, but I just enjoy what you're doing for our community uh, and for me personally. I think it's just super awesome. So thank you. And it is more than an honor to be uh, a mentor with you because I think we are, for as much as we are similar, I think we have really strong yin and yang. uh, And I think you are a blessing, whether I know we hear it a lot from our youth, but whether they say it or not, I think you are a blessing for them in their lives and you're stable and they know what they're going to get from you. 
every week, and I think they love that more than they'll ever tell you. So thank you for uh, you. Same, and thanks for balancing me out. For sure, there's been times <laughs> where they don't know what they're going to get, and I go too far. And then Ryan goes, oh, maybe let's pull back a little bit. Let's pull back a little bit. So thanks for uh, giving me grace when I'm extra and allowing me to be in that space with them because I believe in them so hard. I'll take your extra and they do any, great. any day, though, Marty. Like, I, I think – for for some people like maybe maybe it's too extra but the more time i've spent with you um there's god is doing something awesome through oh, you like 100%. the questions you're asking that's why i tell people you're the oprah of our church i've seen you with kids i you, you, the two of you um honestly it's a gift like parents need you guys to be walking with their kids uh that you're the freedoms you're allowing them it's it's awesome so i think you guys are awesome i think that extra though is why our group is extra you know i'm sure there have been times where other mentors are like oh i wish we had a little bit more of this or we had a little bit more of that and i think our youth are as comfortable as they are sharing and with themselves because of how comfortable you are with yourself and willing they ask you anything they know that they're going to get the truth and they're going to get honesty and uh, I think that speaks volumes. And I think one of these podcasts, somebody needs to interview Marnie. So that's – I've been, propo- that be I've been proposing cool. it for a while that that I I interview Marnie. I think it would be great. But the, the thing is like we, – we, what are uh, – we, we've often talked about this like how many of these are we going to do? And Marnie is just great. Like she's not done. She's no. not done. Like I, I'm like, well, maybe the first season is just church people and the second season is out there. Marnie's not done. Like no. so – There's every, way too many people in this congregation. There's way many more. Can I put you on the spot and ask you to highlight a couple of the people that you've listened to that you were surprised by or something that you were like that really stood out? Yeah, I well, a perfect example is Allison Tupac. I've been in small group with her for two years, and I feel like I know her very, very well. And just even some of the some of the things that came out uh, with her relationship and and those type of things, I think is it was awesome. Um, our a couple of the youth, um, Cameron. Cameron was probably one that stuck out. Um, the one that you had with Carly mm-hmm. uh, spoke volumes to where oh. we're at with our Riley right now, um, with some of her anxiety and those type things, just how honest and open these youth are. And we talk about this all the time. I think one of the coolest things for me is seeing how mature yes. the youth, and, and maybe it's youth all over this area. I really don't know. Right. I'm stuck in you know, being able to just speak to the youth at our saviors, but it is way years beyond where I was at right. 15, 16, 17 in high school. If you were to have me on when I was 16 in high school, it was going to be rough. Right. Um, so I think those are, are the three that really were. Yeah. Well, and I think that being in those small groups, that's practicing a muscle, right? It's practicing a skill of being able to listen and then be able to share your story too, right? So I think part of that's a huge gift for them to be able to do that in a safe mm-hmm. space place like i think that's awesome well thanks ryan we're all fans of each other we love you thanks for being on friends having me on thanks for listening everybody Bye. bye